Act Two of The Young Idea, a comedy in three acts by Noel Coward. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two. Scene, the same as Act One. Time, a week has elapsed. When curtain rises, Cecily, Julia, Sybil, Priscilla, and Gerda are seated about, having after-dinner coffee. They are all, with the exception of Gerda, shrieking with laughter. Their clothes are conventional, pinks and blues, not too well made. Gerda is in a chic and elaborately simple frock. so much in my life enter claude george eustace and sholto from dining room what are you all laughing at <laughs> only the story of fessy clifton and jack monstron sholto sits on club fender priscilla crosses to claude center eustace comes left center most amusing most amusing i always said to bessie that the only thing more expensive than hunting was virtue goes up priscilla center by the way, Cicely, is Roddy going away tomorrow for certain? Cecily, seated down left. Yes, I think so. I've always liked Roddy, in spite of what people say about him and the Clifton girl. I'm sure it's not true. I know it isn't. Gerda, sweetly. But still, he has rather the reputation of a Don Juan in the county. Hasn't he, stepmother Cicely? George, moving left center. We all have reputations and traditions in the county, Gerda. Some of us try to live up to them, and others hope to live them down. Roddy is one of the latter. Anyhow, we shall miss him. Priscilla is right center. Eustace goes to her and Claude. Eustace, center. His uncle is one of the Monmouthshire masters, I think. Very old family. Talks to Claude. I should love to be going to Jamaica. Wouldn't you, stepmother Cicely? Not particularly. I wonder if he'll get much good riding out there. He'll be wretched if he doesn't. Claude, center. Wonderful seat on a horse, old Roddy. That's the expression we were trying to think of, to tell Mother. Wonderful seat on a horse. You're learning a lot, aren't you? Sholto rises, crosses to settee. Rather. A man in a red coat and a black velvet cap with a lot of dogs is called an M.F.H. Not dogs, dear. Hounds. Sorry, hounds. I really don't see the point of your trying to master hunting technicalities. You're surely not intending to take it up seriously. Why not? We're both young, and I'm sure we've got good seats. Cecily, contemptuously, looking across to Julia. You really are too absurd. Gerda, reminiscently. I ride a frightfully fiery donkey at home. Its name is Muriel. Sholto, in hunting tones. Damn good value, old Muriel. Never turns her head. She can't, poor dear. She suffers from spavin. Priscilla, center. But that wouldn't have anything to do with it. Believe me, the slightest thing upsets Muriel. She is neurotic. Julia, heavily. If you two kids took things a bit more seriously, you might learn something. George comes down. Let's push some of the things back and practice steps for tonight. Claude comes down. 
All right, go and get the records, will you, Claude? They're in the drawing room. Why not dance in there? The floor's ever so better. Won't it be rather cold? Sybil, right center. Oh, no. We shall soon get warm. Goes upstage. Come on, everybody. You've got to dance, too, tonight, Mr. Dabbit. Eustace, upright center. Only a waltz. I can't stand these foxtrot things. You'll have to hurry up and learn. Eustace moves towards drawing room door. Sybil, is Roddy coming here first, before the ball, Cecily? Yes, I think he is. I really don't know. Exit Sybil, George following, into drawing room. George, center. I hope to goodness he brings his car. We shall never all squash into the Daimler. Exit. Oh, he's sure to. Exit Eustace, Julia, into drawing room. Sholto, back of settee. What time does the ball start? Crosses to center. Priscilla, left center. About ten, I think. But it won't be really jolly until after midnight. Will it be really jolly, then? Oh, yes, rather, rather. Center. Last year, Donald Hicks slid down the stairs on a tray and broke ten empty champagne bottles. <laughs> Damn good rag. Sholto, back of settee, laughing. <laughs> it sounds delightful. Oh, I love subtle humor. Don't be supercilious, dear. You know Stepmother Cicely doesn't like it. There's nothing in the least clever in deprecating people to whom you are not accustomed. Donald Hake is a normal, healthy, and amusing boy. I'm sorry if I was supercilious, but it does sound silly to get drunk in public and make an abject fool of yourself. I'm sure I hope that your own lives have been spotless enough to allow you to criticize others. Gerda, hotly. Sholto's never been drunk. Hush, darling, that's not a crime. It's normal, healthy, and amusing. Foxtrot heard off. Priscilla, up with Claude, center, intelligently. Well, I suppose there are different ways of doing different things. Do come and dance, Claude. I want to learn that new crossover step. It's so much better than the one-two-three dip. Righto. Are you three coming? Excellent Claude and Priscilla talking. Cecily follows. As she passes end of set T, stops center. Sholto to Cecily. You do hate us being here, don't you? Cecily, center. I'm afraid I haven't given the matter enough thought. You amuse George, and after all... Shrugs. Oh, after all, it is not easy at a moment's notice to become an adoring adopted mother. That is true. I have never had the slightest intention of being your adopted mother. Gerda, curiously. Why do you loathe us so much? Is it because your husband's our father? Or because we laugh at things? Or because... Cecily, center. I don't see that there is any real necessity to discuss the subject any further, do you? Going. Of course we do. It may be unconventional to talk of anything really openly here, but... I'm afraid you frequently confuse lack of convention with lack of breeding. Oh! Pause. Oh! Exit Cecily to drawing room. Sholto moves down. After a slight pause... Oh, that's a nasty one. Sits on settee. Gerda on settee. We were asking for it, dear. Still, we had to give her a chance to be nice. Wouldn't it have been awful if she'd got all impulsive and wept a little and said she wanted us all to be girls together? Thank heaven she really is an unpleasant woman. 
Now we'd better start in and get busy. Sholto, on said T. And the sooner the better. Do you think the crucial moment will occur tonight? It's certain to. It's Roddy's last night in England. How far have they gone already, I wonder? Which of the women here is most intimate with our gentle, loving stepmother? That's the first thing to find out. Well, not Sybil, anyhow. She hasn't known her long enough. Oh, there's Bounding Julia. No. Bounding Julia is too outspoken and straight-from-the-shoulder-ish to be really intimate with anyone. Priscilla, then. She's the only one left. We'd better try her. Rises. Crosses to center. Pause. Shall I become amorous? No. You might go too far and spoil everything. Sholto. Center. I don't think one could go too far with Priscilla. She has no distance. Gerda rises, crosses the Sholto, center. No, we'll do it together. We'll be rather wistful and say she is the only one here who really understands us. Oh, I doubt if she knows anything at all. We'll find out or die. Go and call her. Now? Yes. We ought to discover as much as possible before the ball. You never know what crisis might happen at a ball. Think of Donald Hake. Sholto, going to drawing-room door. Normal, healthy, amusing, and drunk. Gramophone Foxtrot heard off. Pretty dear. Crosses to drawing-room door. Calls. Priscilla! Priscilla! Do be a lamb and come and talk to us. Moves back to center. Gerda, who has followed and is now right center, takes Sholto's hand. In a hoarse whisper. Don't look so cheerful. Remember, mother drinks like a fish, and our life's been hell. Sholto goes to top of Settee, gloomily. We must get sympathy at all cost. Back to Settee, sits. Priscilla, off. All right, wait a minute. Claude, dance with Sybil, and Sybil, dance with Claude. That's right. She enters. Priscilla, all alone? What is it? Gerda, hesitatingly. Will you, will you close the door? Priscilla, closing it, crosses to center. What is it? You make me go all creepy-weepy. Do tell me. It's... it's... Oh, tell her, Sholto. I can't. <laughs> she bursts into tears. Sholto looks rather flummoxed. Sholto, lamely. Well, you see, we... Priscilla crosses to Settee. Sits. Don't cry, Gerda. Tell Pussy all about it. Sholto, left center, top of Settee, pulling himself together. It's this, Priscilla. We... we are both a little unhappy. Don't think me a silly ass and all that, but... but we failed. Failed miserably. And we've come to you because you are the only one who has been really kind and can understand. How do you mean you failed? Sholto, center. We wanted to make our stepmother Sicily, well, fond of us. And... oh, I know you think I'm a sentimental fool. Turns. But we haven't had much real love in our lives, taken all round, and... But your mother, your own mother, you're always talking about her. Gerda dramatically rises, drops down. Words, words, words. Blows nose. Oh, Priscilla. Back to Settee, sits. Could you not see beyond? Listen, I'll tell you everything. So will I. Sits on Settee. Our life. Up to now has been a hell upon earth. What? A bitter hell. Our mother. Sholto, sorrowfully. God forgive her. 
our mother has among many others one terrible trait in her character she she oh how can i say it she drinks like a fish exactly like a fish if you only knew how utterly damnable existence has been for us you'd sympathize priscilla thrilled but i do sympathize i never realized i never guessed all rise and move down to front goethe left center of course not how could you but we felt we just couldn't keep it back any longer stepmother cicely hates us we've tried ah oh, ah oh, how we've tried to make things different between us but it's no use she's bitterly prejudiced sholto right center you see our mother gerda left center god forgive her sholto chokes and recovers himself our mother when she left poor father priscilla center left him but i thought that they mutually agreed to separate i know he laughs hollowly <laughs> that's what everyone thinks down right and back she ran away with an italian count goethe descriptively with a long black beard damn him goethe hurriedly and it ruined her life and his life and daddy's life and our lives and oh you poor darlings embraces goethe jolto warming to his work daily we watched our mother sinking ah madonna mia che disastro gramophone foxtrot heard off priscilla anxiously what does that mean oh it's nothing sholto always lapses into italian when he's worked up but don't you see what we're aiming at cicely our stepmother is about to do the same fatal thing with roddy masters you know we know and yet we're impotent impotent how did you know oh that doesn't matter but you must help us oh please both shake her hands please say you'll help us oh i will it must be stopped at all costs it priscilla ruminatively of course people are beginning to talk all cross left both pull her round but you're intimate with her she tells you everything is she does she love roddy as much as our poor mother loved sholto with vigour dio perdoni la was that his name yes count dio perdoni la curse him well i know roddy loves cecily terribly i've seen some of his letters frightfully passionate they were but whether she really loves him ah that's the whole point do you think george ought to be told sholto center no 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 start apart not until it's absolutely necessary all you want to do is to understand and watch with us for instance tell us tonight if you see them leaving the ballroom together do you think she loves him enough to to i know she's very fond of him how fond shh look out enter claude crosses to centre all break away gerda to left i say priscilla do come and dance sholto with great display of presence of mind crosses right centre don't forget now priscilla third talk trot after we get there priscilla nodding mysteriously i won't forget crosses to claude claude centre suspiciously are you three up to some rag or something priscilla left centre no claude 
Gerda and Sholto were rather worried and wanted to ask my advice, that was all. What about? Sholto, right. The political crisis in Bulgaria? But there isn't one. Nonsense. There's always a political crisis in Bulgaria. The same as there's always haggis in Scotland. It's traditional. I say, you know, you are talking rot. Come along and dance again, Claude. Going. You're too curious. Come to my room tonight before you go to bed, Gerda, dear. We'll talk about you-know-what. Exit. Soused in mystery. There seems to be a lot of secrecy going on about something. Hush! Claude follows Priscilla into drawing room. Gerda sits on settee. I don't believe she knows very much more than we do. Sholto, center. Never mind, we've got her on our side. She'll tell us at once if she does hear anything. Anyhow, I think Cicely's affair with Roddy is a little more serious than we thought. I hope to heaven it is. Crosses left. Yes, but the worst of it is, Cicely won't do anything decisive unless we force her hand. We're no use there. Father is the only one who would have the slightest effect. Sits on Fender. If he could only be particularly irritating to her, tonight, of all nights, everything would be all right. Couldn't we make him? Yes, but how? Gerda, thoughtfully. Sweet memories that bless and burn are always useful. We must have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with him. You see, it isn't a question of Cicely not caring for him any more. She frankly hates him. She's too silly to appreciate him. Exactly. But it makes things easier for us. Daddy loves Mother best, and always has at heart. We know that. The question is... How to reunite the two bleeding souls. Oh, for heaven's sake, let's concentrate. Think, think, think. Clutches his head. Enter George from drawing room. George, moving to left center, head of settee. What's the matter, Sholto? Got a headache? No, he's only feeling a bit homesick, that's all. We often get waves of it, don't we, dear? Rather, it's damnable being away from mother for long. You see, we're so used to having her there always, to laugh with us. There's no one in the world with a sense of humor like Mother. No wonder you married her. What was she like then, Father? George comes down left center. Judging from your frequent descriptions, very like she is now. She told us all about the wedding and the honeymoon in the Channel Islands. And you took so much seasick cure that you were drugged into a state of coma for three days. So tiresome for any young bride. Yes, but it didn't matter. Nothing mattered. We were gloriously happy. Jersey, Guernsey, Alderney, and Sark. They are magical names, aren't they? They're magic places, especially Sark. George, center. Have you been there? Of course. We go nearly every year. Mother always insists. George, center. Does she, by Jove? Yes. She's really a mass of sentiment, in spite of her literary cynicism. She likes old workboxes and places where she lived when she was a girl. And best of all, Sark. She makes us sit on the jetty of Crew Harbor and watch the passengers land from the Guernsey boat. And when she sees a young man and woman together, she sniffs a little and says, That might be dear George and me. Aunt Memory's painful, darlings. She always calls us darlings, even when she's lived with us. Habit, I suppose. George sent her far away. Yes, she had lots of quaint habits. Why did you ever stop loving her? Didn't she tell you about that, too? No, she only remembers pleasant things. 
Well, so do I, so we won't discuss it. Crosses right to table. You've never been very good at facing facts, have you, Daddy? How do you mean? If only you and Mother hadn't shirked in the first place, we should all be together now, instead of being parted by the English Channel and the divorce courts. In what way shirked? Well, you both thought yourselves too clever, and used temperament as an excuse for your rows. If only you'd faced the fact that it was pure selfishness and intolerance from beginning to end, all this trouble would have been saved. George, unexpectedly. You mean the trouble you two are taking in order to reconcile your mother and myself against our wills? He's got us again, dear. We must be more subtle. The music stops. Gerda rises, crosses to George. Gently. If we really thought that it was against your wills, we should never attempt it. Sholto rises, crosses to center. As it is, we mean to strain every nerve. Crosses right behind Gerda. Then you declare war on the peace of my country life. You intend to uproot me, regardless of any such trifling bonds as honor and good name. Gerda, firmly. Yes, we do. And you think it possible, supposing all obstacles were swept away and you accomplished this, that your mother and I should be happy together? Sholto, with equal firmness. Yes, we do. George, right center, defiantly. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. Thoroughly wrong. You're astute, precocious young devils, but you've made one grave mistake. You think that I'm still in love with your mother. Well, I'm not. I don't love anyone. I'm content and peaceful here. My life is perfectly happy. I have a certain amount of responsibility, but not too much. I hunt and shoot and read and eat and sleep, and I'm getting too old to require anything more takes their hands. I agreed that you should come here, not because of any sentimental desire to see you, but because Sholto is to be my heir. It is right that he should get some idea of his future position in life. You and your mother mean nothing to me, nothing. And apart from a certain amount of superficial amusement, I shouldn't mind if I never set eyes on you again. Your conceit is colossal to imagine that I should be willing to leave this life to which I have grown so accustomed and join you in yours, even if it were possible. But thank God it isn't possible. It isn't possible. I'm entrenched here, and here I mean to stay. Please never let me hear the subject mentioned again. Goes to chair at table right and sits. Gerda, after a slight pause. What a wonderful liar you are, Daddy. You don't suppose we believe a word of all that nonsense? I allow you a certain amount of license, but I will not stand rudeness. Gerda, following George. It's no use blustering, Daddy. It won't have the slightest effect. You see, we know the truth. Why not give in, gracefully? You'll have to in the end. George, suddenly serious. I can't give in. You don't understand. I'm not like you without any moral sense at all. I wish to God I were. I've blundered badly in life, and I've got to put up with the consequences. People don't get second chances of happiness in this world. They're lucky if they even get a first chance. Well, I've had that, and I chucked it away when I agreed to let your mother divorce me. Then, in order to tie me down still more, fate ordained that I should be left this house and estate, and I had to have someone to run it with me. I wrote to Jennifer, asking her to patch everything up and come back, but she wouldn't. She was always as obstinate as a mule. Gerda, right center, going to George. Yes, but a nice mule. Then Cicely appeared. 
Cicely was quite adorable once, and radiantly pretty. Jolto, right, and now sitting on table, right. Prettier than mother? Much. Then I married her and started the business of settling down. I religiously forgot Jennifer for almost two years. Then Cicely began getting tiresome and having affairs with stupid young men, and Jennifer's memory came back and taunted me and laughed at me. It's been doing that for nearly fourteen years now. The following scene is to be played very quickly and excitedly worked up to a climax. And you're going to let it continue for fourteen years more? Moves left. Oh, no. It will probably die a natural death before then. Sholto on table, pensively. It must be awful to have a conscience. It is. Goethe left center to George, softly. It would be such fun, all going back together. Goes to and takes George by hands. George holding up his hand. Now then. Rises and moves to center. But it would. Think of the thrill of it. Sholto rises to right center. We'd stop in Paris for a day or two. Just do a little shopping and go to some plays. Then the Orient Express. One on either side of George. Goethe, excitedly. The Orient Express. We get into it at about 7.30 and have dinner as we whiz through the suburbs. Then we come back and find our wagon lits have been made up, so we sit in rather strained positions and play games. Clumps. And being people in history. Lovely. You have to wake up for a minute in the middle of the night because of the Swiss customs. Then in the morning, the very early morning, you peep out, and it's all mountains and valleys and rushing torrents and white, white snow as far as you can see. George, carried away. Yes, yes, wonderful. Then the Simplon Tunnel and Italy, Italy. We pass Lake Maggiore on the left-hand side, glorious clear blue water and mountains going straight out of it. The villas dotted over the hills like pink sweets in a green cake. Shut up, both of you. I've seen it. I know it. Then Milan. We change at Milan. And there's two hours to wait, so we can drive about the town. In the gorgeous hot sun. We can send a wire to Mother from there to tell her what time to expect us. She'll be so excited. Stop! Stop! I tell you! Crosses down left. Both follow George left. Oh, Daddy, darling. Why not chuck all the honor and English gentleman stunts and come with us? It's worth trying. Sholto crosses left center to behind Gerda, left center. You've been divorced once. It's sure to be much easier a second time. George left. No use. I shouldn't be happy. I've got to stick to my guns. I told Cicely on the day you came that, providing she behaved herself and didn't allow things to become blatant. Enter Priscilla and Sybil from drawing room. I would say nothing. I... We're just going upstairs to tidy ourselves. Cicely says we'll have to be starting soon. They go upstairs. Sholto, left center, brightly. Roddy isn't here yet. Surely we shan't start without him. Priscilla, from landing. Oh, he won't be long now. Anyhow, we must powder our noses. Exeunt both, upstairs. George goes and sits on Fender. Goethe, left. Quick, Daddy. You've got to make up your mind. We'll help you in everything. George, left, quietly. I have made up my mind. I'm going to stick to Cicely as long as she sticks to me. I must. It's not melodramatic self-sacrifice. It's just playing the game. Though you may not see it in that light, it is true nevertheless. Sholto, left center. Very well, then. If you intend to be as pig-headed as that, we shall have to be firm with you. And manage things in our own way. Enter Cecily. She comes to center. 
George, alarmed. Look here, what do you mean? I absolutely forbid you. It's no use trying to forbid us, Daddy darling. We're quite determined. George. Come, Sholto. Both going up. All right. Exigent Sholto and Gerda upstairs. Cecily, left center. I should be very much obliged, George, if you would ask your charming son and daughter to be a little more polite to me. They have been particularly rude this evening. George by Fender left, half laughing. I notice they both leave the room the moment you enter it. They're intolerable. George left. Why, you are always so prickly, like a cactus hedge. Cecily left center. I can see nothing amusing in calling your wife a cactus hedge. Having placed me in an insufferable position, you... If you're alluding to matrimony, dear, it's a trouble many better women have had to face. I don't think flippancy suits you. Jennifer used to love me to be flippant. Need we talk about Jennifer? Is it quite good taste? Going up. I only mentioned her in passing. She is now nothing but a memory. Cecily turns down. It's a pity you can't forget her. The moment one forgets a memory, it ceases to be a memory. I shall remember her always. I'm going upstairs. However charming Jennifer was in the flesh, as a topic of conversation, she bores me. She goes up toward stairs. George follows Cecily upright center. Don't go upstairs, Cecily. I'm sorry. Honestly, I am. I didn't mean to be irritating, but you were rather beastly about Sholto and Gerda, and that made me temporarily lose sight of my objective. Cecily, coming down to George. What objective? Oh, Cecily. Pause. Time was when we used to crouch together over the crackling logs and gaze on life in perfect unison. Let's try to get back. What on earth are you talking about? I don't know. There are moments when I really want to be sincere, and then all my facetiousness crops up and prevents me. I want to be sincere now. The crackling logs and gazing on life was all nonsense. What I really mean is this. Let's stop being bitter and horrid to one another. It doesn't lead anywhere. Are you trying to apologize to me, George? No, dear, but I will if you like. What shall I apologize for? Cecily, bitterly. There are so many things. Crosses left to set tea. George, with a faint smile. Oh, won't you meet me halfway, Cecily? Cecily, flaring up. Why should I meet you halfway? You don't seem to realize that you've made me the laughingstock of the county. Nonsense. Drops down right. It isn't nonsense. What other woman would stand it? Those affected artificial children of yours always sniggering in corners and making inane remarks. They haven't attempted to learn anything about the life down here. They just laugh and giggle and talk about their mother. Sits on settee. George, hotly. Nicer to them, they wouldn't talk about their mother. You've ignored them and tried to snub them ever since they arrived. Isn't that rather asking for trouble? They ought never to have come at all. Cicely, for the last time I ask you. Crosses to left center. Let's stop dead now and finish with all our bickering and beastliness. I mean it. We can't go on like this. We must pull ourselves together. Make an effort. If you send Sholto and Gerda away, I'll think about it. But if you expect me to be nice and charming... George, center, losing control. I shall never expect you to be nice and charming. 
and I shall never ask them to go away. They shall come as often as they like and stay as long as they like. I was preparing myself to do without them, but now I realize I couldn't. I couldn't ever, and I don't intend to try. Turns away up. Cecily, quietly. I shall leave you, George. George, center. I shouldn't, if you don't like being the laughing stock of the county. Cecily, bursting into tears of rage. You've been horrible to me lately, all the time. You don't love me any more, and you let everyone see it. George, center. What steps have you taken lately towards making me love you? Laughs. Huh. Oh, this is so stupid and useless. Tonight I made an effort to bury the hatchet, and you turned me down, as you always turn me down. We'd better go on as we are. Cactus hedges, so ornamental and so damned uncomfortable. Exit George to the dining room. Cecily sits on sofa downstage and twists her handkerchief into knots. She exudes fury at every pore. Enter Roddy from front door center, comes down. Hello, Cecily. What time are you all starting? Why, what's the matter? Nothing. Cecily, tell me. I tell you there's nothing. Why have you been crying, then? I have a headache, and I'm generally depressed. Have you had a row with George? I wish you wouldn't say that. It, it sounds horrible. Roddy, doggedly. Well, have you? Oh, Roddy, don't go on cross-examining me. Roddy sits by her. Now look here, Cecily. This is the last time I shall see you for months, and I won't have you unhappy without knowing the cause. I suppose you imagine that I'm not worthy of your confidence, that I haven't meant everything I've said. No, Roddy, no. Tell me, has George discovered about us? Yes. When? Tonight? Just now? No, a week ago. Why, in God's name, didn't you let me know? Oh, what was the use? Roddy, firmly. This is the use. It means you must come away with me at once. You couldn't stay on here with George knowing everything. It would be intolerable for you. I love you, Cicely. You know I do. I love you more than I've ever loved anyone before. She turns away. You've got to believe it. I want you. There's no sense in sticking to a man who no longer gives a damn for you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I feel I must go on saying it over and over again to try and convince you. I'll make you happy. Gloriously happy. Don't turn me down, for God's sake. I can't go away without you now. I should go off my head longing for you, aching for you. Come with me. Come with me. You must. You must. Cecily, suddenly. Very well. I will come away with you. I hate George. I hate his children. I hate his house. I hate everything to do with him. How I've stood it for so long, I can't imagine. His stupid jokes and what he thinks is a subtle sense of humor, the way he cringes. Don't let's be bitter and horrid any more. What a manly choice of expressions, bitter and horrid. Oh, I tell you, I hate him. If you want me, I'll go wherever you take me. Do you mean it? Do you honestly mean it? Cecily rises, crosses the center. Hysterically. Yes, yes. Can't you see I mean it? He can go back to his beastly Jennifer. Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer. I get nothing but Jennifer from morning till night. Well, I wish her joy of him and dear Sholto and Gerda. Such adorable young devils with such adorable senses of humor. Self-satisfied, odious little toads. 
I hate them and I hate George. Do you want me to come with you tomorrow? No, tonight, before you change your mind. Rises. Cecily, rather tremulous. Do you really love me like that, Roddy? How wonderful of you. You know I do, now. Crosses to Cecily. What time does the boat sail tomorrow? A 4.30 from Liverpool. You'll have to see about a passport. Shall I have time? Yes, if you can get to London before tomorrow morning. We'll motor up tonight. How, without George finding out and trying to stop us? You'll have to pack a few things, won't you? Yes, it won't take a moment. Listen, meet me about two hours after we get to the ball and motor me back here. I'll pick up my suitcase, leave a note for George, and we can go right away. Your stuff can be sent straight to Liverpool. Roddy, embracing her. Oh, you're wonderful, wonderful. Cecily, struggling. No, no, not now. Wait. George must know nothing until we've gone. Oh, wait. Let them all come in. I don't care. I'm going to kiss you now. He kisses her passionately. Quick curtain. Scene two. When the curtain rises, the stage is in darkness. The noise of a car is heard retreating. Sholto and Gerda enter and turn up lamp by staircase. There is still a certain amount of light from the fire. Gerda takes off her cloak and flings it over banisters, then sinks into armchair by table, right, with a sigh. Gerda, right. <sighs> what time is it? Sholto, left center, looking at wristwatch. Half past two. He takes off his coat. I expect that depressing orgy will go on until five or six. Thank heavens the Bodies gave us a lift home. Yes, I couldn't have put up with another minute. Sits right. I suppose it was too much to hope that the county would be able to dance as well as ride. Sholto, center. I loved it all. The floral decorations and the nice jolly girls and pinks and blues and the heat and everyone treading on everyone else. Such a merry prank. Crosses left to set tea. I'm sorry you didn't have a rag, dear. I hoped you'd trip somebody up or do something roguish like Donald Hake. Dear Donald Hake, did you enjoy your dance with him? Awfully. His hands were like wet hot water bottles. And your passionate waltz with Claude Eccles. That was sheer ecstasy, too. Have you ever danced with a threshing machine? Not yet, but bounding Julia's nearly as bad. Oh, I do wish we were in a Lazio, at the combatente. Gerda rises, crosses to center. On a festa night. Sholto left center. With Tonio and Gianetta and Maria. And Giuseppe dresses Pierrot, and all the confetti and everything. Sholto, let's go back. Not without father. Gerda, dismally. We could stop in Paris for a day or two. Sholto, equally dismal. To do some shopping and go to some plays. Gerda, hopelessly. Then the Orient Express. Damn the Orient Express. Gerda, right center. Oh, we've been fools. If only we'd never come at all, we shouldn't have wanted him so much. Sholto, left center. It will be absolutely miserable, that journey alone, after all we said this evening. I felt him trembling all the time, didn't you? Yes. And his face when he said about Mother's memory taunting him. I could have cried. Yes. You see, he wants to come back to us so desperately. If only it weren't for his beastly principles. He wouldn't be such a darling without them. No, I suppose not. But to think that his future happiness and mother's and ours hangs on Sicily. It's miserable. I did hope she'd do something desperate tonight. 
After all, Roddy leaves England tomorrow. Gerda crosses to Sholto. Couldn't we force Sicily on board the boat as a cabin boy or something? Sholto, center. It's too late now. We've failed in our little mission. Let's go to bed before we burst into tears. They take hands and go up the stairs. Gerda, taking up cloak. All right. Turn out the light, dear. She yawns. <sighs> oh, I'm so tired. Sholto, switching off light. Damn everything! They go slowly upstairs in the firelight. I rather wish we hadn't put Priscilla up to Cicely and Roddy. She's sure to go and blurt it out to everyone. She's such an utter idiot. It doesn't make any odds now. They just reach the top of the stairs when the noise of a car is heard. The headlights shine right across the windows as it pulls up outside. Who can it be? Father? Go down and look through the window. They both run down and look through the windows. Sholto excitedly. <gasps> it's Roddy! And Cicely, alone. Hide behind the curtains, quick. Sholto goes up for coat, puts chair back. They conceal themselves behind curtains. Enter Cecily and Roddy. Roddy turns up lights. I've only got to get my motor coat and hat. And the two bags. Roddy, following her upstairs. What about the note? That's already written. I did it before I went out. You darling! Exeunt both upstairs. Sholto and Gerda come out of their hiding place. What luck! Sholto, in a joyous whisper. They're going to do it, after all! What luck! Oh, Gerda! Gerda, to center. Shh! We mustn't let them hear us. I wouldn't disturb them for the world. Sholto, towards Dares. This will clinch things finally! Absolutely! He'll have to divorce her. Gerda, center. And come back with us. It's too, too wonderful. Sholto, darling, it's going to be all right. They'll be down in a minute. We'd better get back. Crosses to window. Yes. They are just about to reconceal themselves when there is the noise of another car drawing up outside. Sholto, in anguish, looking through window. My hat! It's father! And Priscilla! What are we to do? Quick, they'll spoil everything. Sholto, grimly. That's what they've come for. Priscilla's found out and warned him. The stupid, blundering little fool. Gerda, frantically. Oh, quick, quick, what are we to do? Up. What are we to do? Cicely and Roddy, they're coming down. Hide. Don't come out till it's absolutely necessary. They hide behind curtains again. There is the noise of outer hall door opening. Re-enter Cecily in traveling coat and hat, followed by Roddy with two bags. As they reach the bottom of the stairs, Priscilla and George enter. Roddy stops by stairs. Cecily, right center, up. Priscilla, thoroughly in the picture, rushing forward. Cecily, Cecily, thank God we came in time. George moves to top of settee. Stop, stop. You mustn't do this fearful thing. You'll break George's heart. He loves you. I love you. We all love you. Look before you leap. I mean, don't leap. I mean... Cecily, right center. Priscilla, how dare you? George left, firmly. Be quiet, Mrs. Hartleberry. Cecily, what does this mean? Crosses to Cecily, right center. Priscilla turns to George hysterically. Don't you see? It's what I told you. We came in the nick of time. Cecily, think of your honor, your good name. She bursts into tears, moves up left center. Please, Mrs. Hartleberry, will you calm yourself? Cecily, I should like an explanation. Cecily, handing him a note. Here's the explanation. There's nothing to say. I'm quite determined. George, taking it and tearing it neatly across. 
the farewell note. Thank you, Cicely. How dramatic! Roddy, will you please go? I wish to talk to my wife. Roddy, right center. Not without Cicely. Looking at Cecily. There's nothing to talk about. My mind is quite made up. On the contrary, there are several things to discuss. Roddy, I wish to talk to Cicely privately. Roddy, stay, please. You'd better say whatever you have to say quickly, George. We haven't very much time. Very well. You wish to leave me for Roddy. Openly? Cecily, center, defiantly. Yes. George, left. I forbid it. You can't prevent it. Priscilla, by settee. Oh, Cecily, how can you? It's wicked. It's... She sobs and comes round to front of settee. Do you realize what you are doing? You're chucking home position? Your honor, your good name. I love Roddy, and I'm going away with him. I wish you'd put an end to this scene, George, and let us go. You're going abroad to restricted colonial society, with a man to whom you are not married. Can't you imagine what hell it will be? You'll be cut, universally. You won't like being out, Cicely. Why don't you pause and think? You don't love Roddy, really, you know. I do. No, you don't love anyone. You're taking this step because you're rather tired of me and in a general bad temper over everything. Those are not very good reasons for an elopement. Roddy, right, hotly. You're wrong. We've loved each other for months. That is, at least we've... Will you please let me speak? This is all useless anyhow. Can't you see it is? Nothing you say will make any difference. Cicely, once and for all, don't make this stupid blunder. Stay with me. Have one more try to settle down contentedly. I'll help all I can, I promise. Then, if it really is a failure, in spite of our united efforts, we'll arrange things quietly, without scandal. I'll let you divorce me, or... Cecily, rather shaken. George, it's very magnanimous of you. I don't know that I... Roddy, anxiously. Cecily! Cecily, putting her hand to her head. Don't, Roddy, let me think. I... Crosses down right center. Sholto and Gerda simultaneously burst from behind the curtains and more or less fling themselves upon Cecily. Oh, stepmother! Oh, stepmother! George goes up. Sholto, dramatically. Oh, don't go! Don't go, dear stepmother! Cecily, don't go! We want you with us. We're going to stay here always. We can have such happy, happy times together. Priscilla moves up to the back. Just you and Daddy and us. Sometimes Mother can come and stay with us, too. Cecily, shaking with fury. This is intolerable, intolerable. Don't speak to me, any of you. I hate you, I hate you all. Goes up center. I've finished with you, George, forever. Do you hear? Absolutely. I never want to see you again. Come, Roddy. Going. George makes a last effort. Priscilla, rushing after Cecily and clutching her. Cecily! Cecily, for God's sake, stop! Their mother ran away with a count and drinks like a fish. Oh, dear! Oh, dear! Cecily shakes her off and goes out with Roddy. Priscilla staggers into George's arms, sobbing. He tries vainly to rid himself of her. Sholto, suddenly. Great Scott! They've forgotten the bags! After them, quick! Sholto and Gerda each snatch up a bag and rush off the stage. Curtain. End of Act Two